Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. Through the woods, we have you covered. Call now with your outdoor questions. In Appleton, call 281-1150 or outside the valley, 866-887-1150. From the Myron Construction Studios of WHBY, it's Outdoors with Rob Zimmer. Brought to you by Brookdale Appleton Senior Living. And a welcome to all of our listeners this afternoon on WHBY. I'm Haley Tenpass, joined by Rob Zimmer Outdoors as we get ready to talk all things outdoors this Friday afternoon. Hello to you, Rob. Hello to you. How are you? I'm good. It's you, beautiful out. Yes. Hot It's again. been a hot week here in mm-hmm. Northeast Wisconsin. Yep. Lots of cool stuff happening. And we're going to get to what you've been up to the past week or so. Yes. Perhaps talk tomatoes maybe this afternoon. Yes. And all sorts of fun stuff. Yes. Yep. Don't forget, you can call in too. 281-1150 yes. is the number on the Settlers Bank phone line. Tell me how you celebrated the 4th of July. Where did you go? What did you see? I'd love to hear it. How you spent your weekend out, or your week. It's not really a weekend because it was on a Thursday. How you spent the time outdoors. But first, uh, we have a special guest that I want to talk to. I made a visit to Butterfly Gardens of Wisconsin earlier this week, and I, I talked to Jack, who is the owner there with his wife. And um, I brought them some caterpillars that I found. I brought them some black swallowtail caterpillars and some American lady caterpillars. And I talked to Jack for a while. So I wanted to call him and have him on the show. He told me a lot of new, fun, exciting things that are going on there at the Butterfly uh, Gardens of Wisconsin, which, if you don't know, it's right right here in Appleton, located on Highway 47 or Richmond Street, just north of Highway JJ. So about exactly two miles north of 41 and uh, Richmond Street. So, Jack, are you there? I am. Hi. Uh, Thank you. How's it going? Well, it's muggy and muggy. damp. And <laughs> it's but good. I guess the, but butterflies like it better than I do. I was going to say, that's the kind of weather butterflies love is the warm, sunny sunny days. That's when you Absolutely. see them flying. Absolutely. And you have a lot there. I saw a lot of a lot of hanky-panky going on in the butterfly house when I was there. Those <laughs> well, monarchs you, were making the new monarchs. Year, the monarchs <laughs> like to mate, I tell you. And, uh, yes, it was amazing. Yeah, it really is. Uh, so, And after they mate, I mean... It takes about 12 hours. I mean, I put some um, three pair in our, our butterfly lab, for example, and, and, of course, they are together for about 12 hours. The next morning, they're separated. I take the males back into the, the hoop house, and the females are left in the, in the lab, and they start laying eggs on, on my milkweed. Oh, cool. And there's a lot of monarchs there. Do you know how many you have right now, currently? Well, probably over 100 right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was pretty amazing to walk in there and just be surrounded by all those uh, butterflies. So tell us about Butterfly Gardens of Wisconsin for people who haven't been there yet. What can well, they expect when they walk in? Well, this is our seventh year, and it's uh, a nature, I call it the, a butterfly nature center because we have seven yeah. acres of land in which we do a lot more than just show you butterflies. We do, we try to entertain as well as educate people who come to the our butterfly gardens. And yeah. it's important that people understand, I think, the, the joy you can have with butterflies. Oh, but yeah. you need to, you need some experience 
or gain experience but knowledge to have butterflies in your backyard. Yep, and you guys have a lot of cool um, products and demonstrations, and you have caterpillars of all different kinds eating, and you just hatched a cecropia moth, which is one of the giant silk moths. Tell us about that uh, well, beautiful Well, we girl. had that over winter, matter of fact. The oh, you cecropia did? Cecropia moth will become a, a cocoon later, better part of the summer. Uh, it takes a number of weeks, I think, uh, before it becomes a... Uh, a, a, a cocoon, but yep. over winter, and now now's about the time they come out of their cocoon, and we don't know if if it's a male or female, and uh, and but they're very brilliant, and they don't eat all because they don't have a they don't have a proboscis, right, so, right. And you have experience in that, Rob. I right? do, and they're big, six or seven inches across. Right, so you had right. a really nice one there. How's she well, doing? We did until today. Oh. <laughs> oh. And one of the staff people thought it's important to release it because. They thought it would need some food. Well, it's out oh. among the among the vegetation. But we do have another cecropia moth, uh, or a, a caterpillar, not a caterpillar, a chris, I mean a, a cocoon. Yeah. But it, has, it hasn't come out yet, so we're waiting for that emergence. Oh yeah, yep, yeah. And you're, like like you like Jack said, those those giant silk moths. It's one of the silk moths. Um, the amazing thing about those moths is they don't feed at all. They don't even have mouth parts. So their their only job once they transform into these huge, beautiful moths, uh, just like the Luna moth and some of the others, their only job is to find a mate and mate and lay eggs, and then uh, they're they're done. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully she's out there uh, giving off her pheromone, giving off her scent, and attracting some some males tonight to make some make some more cecropia moths. You gonna want to come out and find Waldo, Waldo or not? Plays where? Play, where's Waldo? Yeah. Where's Waldo? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so go help Jack. So what are your hours there? Speaking of, speaking of that, when can people yeah, come out? Yeah, we're only open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from ten to three. Ten to three. Okay. Yep. Unless it rains, umbrellas. I mean, we don't um, butterflies don't have umbrellas, so they don't. They, they, matter of fact, they're a good indicator of bad weather coming because they'll oh. they'll find ways to shelter themselves about an hour before the rain even begins. You know. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, and I think I've noticed that out in the wild too. All of a sudden, uh, they just disappear when you can when you can hear thunder coming or or, or feel the rain coming. They they kind of uh, shelter themselves. So. Yeah, they hunker down really good. Yeah. So when I was there, I saw a lot of other cool things, too. I saw, like I said, a beautiful, you have collections of really colorful caterpillars all over. Uh, and I saw the new frog pond with probably thousands of tadpoles in there. Yeah. yeah that was pretty cool, too. It's a new addition we have yeah. for the public to see. And, uh, and the we, have, we also have uh, some native species of uh, different kinds, like green and uh, uh, snakes as well. I mean, they're little baby yes, snakes. that's but right. Yeah, that's the first time I've seen a green snake in a while, and they have one there, too, on display. So if you've never seen a, a live green snake, they have a little green snake there. And um, one thing that amazed me was just the variety of dragonflies, colorful dragonflies that were flying around. So especially with that new pond and all the water, uh, the dragonflies were, mm-hmm, were everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you said there was a big hatch of red admiral butterflies this week. What, what can you well, tell us about that? Yeah, it is, it is unbelievable. We don't know what Mother Nature will bring us from year to year. Yeah, uh, We've had... So many, so many uh, red admirals being hatched out right now. It's unbelievable. So Natu- naturally, right? Like out in your, in your oh yeah, family. absolutely. Yep. And yep. they love. And they, of course, their host plant is burning nettle. Yes. And so <laughs> if, if you see any burning nettle, uh, if you see curled up leaves, there's going to be a, a caterpillar probably in that leaf. You know? Oh yeah. And they'll come out. And so, but I'm sort of disappointed I haven't seen any uh, morning cloaks at all this year. 
Yeah, like we were saying, I saw some really early in the year, but I haven't seen them for a while. So maybe that hatch is still uh, still coming. Lots of tiger swallowtails, lots of, um, like you said, red admirals, lots of monarchs, lots of um, fritillaries and crescents. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen a morning cloak since probably April or maybe early May. <laughs> yeah, where 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 have they gone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe they're still coming. <laughs> Yeah, because what they host on they host on some of the forest trees, right? Like black cherry yeah. and, mm-hmm, and some of the mm-hmm. others. So, yeah, and they'll yeah. live a long time too. They'll live, you know, ten to fifteen weeks. I mean, at a time, and uh, of course, they overwinter here. Yeah, right. Yeah, the morning cloak. For those of you who may not know, the morning cloak is the one you see. I, I've written about it a lot and posted a lot of photos on my Facebook page uh, at Rob Summer Outdoors. That's the one I usually see flying around the woods, and sometimes even February and March when all the you know that you you wonder what they're eating, and they're actually eating the sap from the trees that some of the first woodpeckers are are uh, creating as the maple syrup starts to flow up and maple sap starts to flow up and the pines and everything. The woodpeckers come along and it starts to drain, and then these morning cloaks come along and and drink that sap, which is so amazing to see. Right. Yep. And then if we get a cold day, they just fall back to the ground and go to sleep for a little while and wake up again when it warms <laughs> up again. <laughs> yeah, they overwinter as an adult, don't they? Yeah. So any, any special events you want to talk about going on out there or, or, or things people can see over the next few weeks as they come and visit you? Well, again, uh, we're planning probably at the end of the season to have our uh, tagging program in, in place, of course, and yeah. to have like a migration monarch days uh, again in later part of August, but nothing anything special. We did have uh, pollinator week last week or week before, and um, but anyway, uh, we haven't any special events other than but we, you know, when people come out, we want to, you know, give them a nice experience, and we do have an orientation room where we explain different things and open for questions, and then let the public view the butterflies up close with a Q-tip. I call it the Gator Stick. Yeah. <laughs> because they have used Gatorade, dipped yeah. in Gatorade, and they can actually take the, the the Gator Stick and put it with their proboscis, and the butterflies will climb on your, on right your on. stick, yeah. and you can see them rep. Close to your eye, you know. Right. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah, it is. And, of course, you have all, as the year goes on, you have, like, the parade of all the different native wildflowers that come into bloom at different times. And uh, what's blooming right now out there? Very little other than that uh, I do know the mountain mint's coming in next week probably. Oh, you know? yeah. And yeah. that's going to be a fantastic plant for bees and butterflies. But yeah. the bees are also, right now, they're, we don't have, we had uh, our enclosed beehive, but... Oh, yeah. Rich, our beekeeper, said that they're having a difficult time even getting bees to that point where the queen is going to be dominant in their hive, and oh. to, we can't split them up until there, there is some real ac- good activity. And so right. I think a lot of beekeepers are having real tough times this summer so far. Oh, gosh. I wonder if that's weather-related or something. I bet it is. I bet yeah. it is. But, but bee balm, black-eyed Susans, all sorts of stuff should be starting to bloom pretty soon, and uh, the butterflies will, will be flocking there. And of course, you have the three-acre butterfly, monarch butterfly maze that people can explore, too. Right. And, and uh, so the, the maze changes color about every three weeks. You yeah. know, we had the Golden Alexander for the first three weeks in, in June. That was really beautiful. Yeah. Now it's sort of turning a little bit white, but when the mountain mint comes on, and that's going to be even more beautiful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jack, and I hope you guys have a good weekend out there. And uh, again, Butterfly Gardens of Wisconsin is located two, exactly two miles north of 41 and, and 47, right? Right, on the, right, and we're open 10 to 3. And, and it's right next to Sasquatch. If you're driving north on 47 <laughs> and you see Bigfoot back in the field, well, uh, you've, you've found <laughs> Butterfly Gardens of Wisconsin. Uh, that, that creature's not mine. Oh, it's not? Oh. <laughs> no. I love him. I love Sasquatch. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, Rob. thank you so much, Jack. 
Thank you, Rob. Yep. Bye. Bye bye. All right, 281-1150 is the number. Give us a call. We'd love to chat with you. Rob wants to hear what you did for the 4th yeah. of July. So, Did we'll... you ever see Sasquatch? Yes. <laughs> Give us your Bigfoot stories. Yeah, I just posted on my Facebook page. <laughs> There's a, a guaranteed Sasquatch sighting uh, trip to Oregon that I posted. So if anyone wants to come with Ooh. me, let's All go. All right. All right, we're going to take a break. All we'll right. be back with more of Rob Zimmer Outdoors coming up next on WHBY. Reminiscing here with a little REO Speedwagon 425 on your Friday afternoon. A gorgeous afternoon out there. This brings me back to like junior high school dances and going on like moonlights at the radio or at the roller rink and slow dancing. (laughs) And oh my gosh, I just want to cry. Aww. It's amazing how music can do that to you. Absolutely. And then people just scream this song out and oh my God. You gotta respect it. I know you do. You gotta respect it. Respect the REO. I'll tell you what, Rob. My and they fa- still have the same group. Members. I know, it's isn't it? The original yeah. members. They're the best. I would yeah. love to see them in concert. Oh no, I'm sad. Oh, don't be sad. Happy. It's a good song. It is. But it's. I mean, it's amazing how I can. I can be back in that junior high school gym right now mm-hmm. and feel the bleachers, you know, and go underneath the bleachers and make out and. Stuff. I mean, I never did that, but you know, and then the slow dancing and. <laughs> And then going to the roller rink and moonlighting to this song is like, oh my gosh. That's funny. That's powerful. Yeah. That's well, here's something that will cheer you up. Oh, good. We I'm have, happy. We have Oni and Little Shoot on the line oh, checking Oni. in. Oh, Hi, I got Oni. a story about Oni, but maybe she's going to tell it. Hi. Okay. Um, <laughs> you asked me to keep uh, track of our, our caterpillars. I did, and I've been watching your pictures. They're amazing. They're, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I shared them to you because you said, share the pictures. Yes, thank so you thought, so okay, much. I okay, I'm going to share them as they go along. And you got every, for, for those of you who are wondering, um, only she's from Little Shoot, she's been posting on my Facebook page. So if you go on my Facebook page, Rob Zimmer Outdoors, and go to the Post by Others section, you can see she's been posting almost daily the update of the monarch caterpillar she's been raising. And it went from one day, you know, they're they're getting fatter and fatter and fatter, and then um, they're they're starting their hook, their J-hook kind of what um, display or, you know, um, pose before they make their chrysalis. And then uh, she has the chrysalis is forming and the little, she even got the detail of the little old skin lying on, lying on the floor of the cage. And now they're, they're chrysalises. Right. Well, oh. I thought it might be interesting for people that don't really know that they actually shed their skin. Yeah. When they make I love chrysalis. that detail. Yep. So I thought, well, I'll put it on there. It might look gross to somebody, but it's interesting. It is. And this all happened in just like a day, right? I mean, they, they went pretty it quick. Went, yeah, it went from um, one chrysalis to two chrysalis like the very next day. Oh. And, and that was 4th of July. So I, my 4th of July, I, I was taking pictures of you them. You were watching, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I had two in the very beginning. Remember I told you I found two really tiny ones? Yeah, yeah. And one of those teeny tiny ones died oh and i felt really oh. bad and i thought i don't want to ever bring them in when they're that little again oh and you even mentioned um if you wanted to do it wait till they're bigger yeah and yeah. and i should have but i went out after he passed i went out and i was getting some milk leaves for the one that we had yeah and it was just like 
the Lord saying, Oh, you missed that one. Here's oh, two more for you. Oh, good. I went out, and there were two big fat ones. Oh, oh, good. Right on the milkweed where I was looking for one. Yeah. You know, so I brought them in. And, and remember what I said. That's very important. Like like people who raise monarchs at home, they have to remember this. Um, even though, you know, we can have a really good success rate at home, you know, just like uh, like a lot of other things, you know, Mother Nature doesn't intend for every single one of those to survive. So it, it's, you know, while, mean, it, while it's sad that one yeah. passed away, it probably would have passed away in the wild, too. And I'm really glad you said that to me yeah. that, because that played back in my mind, yeah. thinking, you know, you didn't do anything wrong, probably, nope. but this is Mother Nature's way yeah. of saying this one shouldn't make it. Yeah, it could have been diseased. It could have had a parasite. It could have had right. all different things. It might not have been, you know a food-related issue or something like that. It could have been, you know, a certain percentage are meant to not make it. So, yeah. Right. But I think so, it's beautiful what you're doing. I love it. Oh, I've got three of them there waiting, so I won't be posting <laughs> for a while c- until they get... Yeah. I'll try to get a picture when the, c- when the chrysalis turns black. Yes. Oh, yes. That would yep. be cool. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to say one more thing. Sure. I love listening to Jack talk about his butterflies. Yeah, he's he's passionate. Yep. <laughs> We've been out there a couple times. Oh, right? good. Yeah, but when my when my older boys were were younger, we found a Cecropia caterpillar. Oh yes, and a lot of people didn't thought never even heard the word Cecropia. Right, but my my boys know what it is because and they're big, so and yeah, so they scare people. Huge, I mean, this big fat green right caterpillar, and it was like, oh, mom, they're as big what as a that? pickle. They're as big as a pickle, and people yeah, get scared of them. I mean, oh, they're big so. fat caterpillars, but don't. And then people just want to squish them right away. It's like, no, don't squish it. That's, that's going to be a beautiful. That's what beautiful I said. Mom. Come on, we got the cage, you know, from yeah. the from the um, that we had right already. And this was at the end of the end of the summer, I think. Yeah, and yeah. They, so they do we, it really late. Yeah. We put that in our in our monarch cage. Oh. We put it in there, and I looked in my little butterfly book, and it talked about mm-hmm. needing sticks and stuff. Yep, yep. So we put some sticks in there, and and he made a cocoon. Okay. And yeah. then we had to keep it over winter. Over winter, yeah, because they need to freeze. They need to get cold. Yeah. So we had it. We well, we had it. We had it actually. We had it in the house. Yeah, we put it out. It said that they had to get colder. We yep. put it in a garage oh, good. for a while, okay. but then when it got really cold, we brought it in the house. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much. We got to take a break for news. You can stay on the phone if you want, unless you unless no, you're no, done. No, no, that's but... all I wanted to okay. say. Thank you. Thank you, Oni. Yep. Okay. Have a good weekend. Okay. Bye. You too. Thanks. Yep. Bye. Bye. Oh, so happy to hear know, that caterpillar yes. update. Thank you for yep. calling in. Yes. 2811150 is the number if you'd like to join our conversation with Rob Zimmer. We're taking a break for news back with more of the outdoors world next on WHBY. I, as a kite by then, <laughs> Back at 4.35 on WHBY, joined by Rob Zimmer for Rob Zimmer Outdoors, 281 the number, and Elton John. Yes. Uh, happy Friday. I told Haley she should come on and sing the bumper music. She has a very good voice. Thank you, Rob. We'll <laughs> let Elton sing us in. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we are going to head to the phone lines, though. Gary's right. on the line this afternoon. Hi, Gary. Welcome to the show. Yes, good afternoon. Hi. Uh, I have a question for Rob. Uh, I know that... Uh, the airport manager, Abe Weber, is probably most concerned about public safety and probably encourages the airport to have 10-foot fences to keep the deer out of the airport. 
it's a bad thing if an airplane lands and there's a deer on the runway. I was just wondering if you, in your working with conservation groups, uh, advocate for any um, additional fencing along uh, county roads or maybe state roads in the area to prevent deer from crossing and colliding with vehicles. I know it's great for the fender bender guys, the collision people, and <laughs> uh, and and the people that feed the deer. Uh, well, that's in their yard; that's their problem. But my feeling is that uh, you know, if you put out a bird feeder or you encourage uh, deer to cross at certain draws or or creeks, uh, maybe the county should take on a responsibility for putting up uh, deer fencing. Uh, just to cut down on the accidents and the rate increases for insurance when the vehicles collide. Now they do it. They do salt the roads in the winter time to prevent accidents. So my feeling is maybe they should do it for preventing uh, deer car collisions. Yes. What do you feel? <laughs> what do you say about that? Sounds like you should contact one of the the county representatives and give them your thought. Wh- which county are you in? Uh, Out of gaming. Out of Yeah, maybe you should call, contact one of the uh, the representatives I mean, there and see what they think. There's, we don't go beyond, you know, a couple of weeks at the most, and there's always a dead deer oh. um, on County Trunk CE. CE, and yeah. And you know where they're coming from. They're going for the water. They're going for the food. They're going for the river. Right. My feeling see, is and, don't feed the deer uh, and don't put out you know, bird feed stuff for the deer to eat because they're going to come there. But uh, maybe we need higher fences or some fences because there aren't any fences on CE. Yeah, it's an interesting concept, and especially for that specific road. I know that for like, um, and I don't know the exact dimensions and stuff, but I know like when, when something's designated a freeway or an interstate, you know, like 41 and 43, they have to have like deer fencing along the side. You know what I mean? Like Like for an interstate, they have to have that. I don't think there is that kind of... Uh, classification or clarification for state highways or county highways, but I think, and I don't know the exact dimensions and the exact, um, you know, how far they from prob- intersections and stuff like stuff like that. They but probably what- don't. They probably don't want to subsidize the hardware stores for the yeah. <laughs> uh, wire fabric or wire. Yeah. You know? and, they and never you know, grew up on a ranch, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and even you know, even on the interstates and, and some of the highways, they still get deer that find their way through, especially if they go over an overpass or something. Something that I've been seeing a lot that that really interests me is, uh, and I know they're doing it in some places, like in in United States and a lot in Europe, where they're making like actual wildlife crossings over highways, where instead of um, they they actually make like a living plant corridor that goes over the highway. That it's it's actually very interesting and it's really wide. It can be like a quarter to a half mile wide. Uh, of a wildlife crossing where some of these animals can safely cross over the highway instead of going onto the, you know, onto the pavement and getting hit. And that kind of concept really intrigues me. And, it, it, you know, because if it works, I mean, obviously you're not going to force every single wild animal out there to use that corridor, but it's kind of it's kind of neat. It's basically like an overpass that's naturally planted for the deer and, and whatever animals to travel over that. And I've been seeing a lot of that lately on some of the uh, the conservation groups and uh, some of the news channels even on Facebook. So, like the, the natural bridge, thought. yeah. I'd like okay. to see that more. I'd like to see the natural bridges more than I'd want to see fences, because that you know it's creating habitat too. And um, yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, I, I for that highway specifically. I mean, if there's that many deer crossings there, I'd I'd definitely contact whoever's in charge over there and see what they think. Okay. 
Thanks for the yeah. call. Thanks, Gary. Two eight one eleven fifty on our Settlers Bank phone lines. And uh, Rob, you want to quick squeeze in a couple of events yeah, before we head a, off? There's a because it's a holiday. You know, a lot of the state parks and a lot of the nature centers and stuff are doing a lot of special events too, uh, because they know people are off and people are looking for things to do. So there's a lot of stuff going on this weekend, uh, including like twenty things just for tomorrow. So I want to get through some of them because some of them actually start before my show tomorrow. So tomorrow, the sixth, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at Hartman Creek State Park, if you're he- heading over to Wapaka or if you're already there camping or anything, uh, the history of Hartman Creek hike from 9 to 11 a.m. So if you if you love Hartman Creek like I do, I go there at least once every couple of weeks. I and have just friends camping the there right now. Do you? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Say hi to them for me. Tell them to go to the history of Hartman Creek camp uh, um, hike tomorrow from 9 to 11. Also tomorrow at Ledgeview Nature Center in Chilton, a really cool program on reptiles, all about the reptiles and amphibians of Wisconsin with live reptiles and amphibians. That's going to be at 10 a.m. And these are all excellent for kids, by the way, too. So if you have children, get them out to see all of these programs. Uh, Tomorrow, Ledgeview Nature Center, 10 a.m., reptiles and amphibians of Wisconsin. Also tomorrow, we were just talking about butterflies. Last week, we were talking about this um, state recreation area with a, a caller, Richard Bong uh, State Recreation Area down by Kenosha. He was uh, praising the location, and they are doing a great event tomorrow. Like I said last week, they do so many awesome events there. Butterflies of the Richard Bong State Recreation Area tomorrow from 10 to 11, 10 to 11 at the Visitor Center. So learn all about butterflies. We were just talking about those, too. Also tomorrow, if you're in Door County, Whitefish Dunes from 10 to noon is doing a hike to the top of Wisconsin's tallest sand dune. So that's Old Baldy. If you've ever been there, you know Old Baldy, the biggest sand dune in the state. Um, Whitefish Dunes, and they're taking a hike up there with a naturalist from 10 to noon. High Cliff tomorrow at the General Store from 2 to 4 p.m. They're doing a live turtle presentation. So Madison Area Herpetological Society will be there with all sorts of live turtles talking about all the turtles of Wisconsin. Another one tomorrow at Kohler Andre. So you can visit all these state parks tomorrow. Animals of the Night. That sounds like a fun time. They're going to talk about animals of the night. Take a tour. Listen to uh, listen for owls and other birds and other uh, animals of the night at Kohler Andre State Park from 7 to 8.30. Um, all about ruby-throated hummingbirds. If you're a hummingbird fan and want to learn all about them, head on over to the Ice Age Visitor Center down uh, just east of Fond du Lac and the Kettle Moraine Northern Unit. They're talking all about ruby-throated hummingbirds tomorrow night from 7 to 8.30. And I got to go, Haley says. So I'll be back with more. <laughs> we do have to take a quick break, but yep. we will come back okay. with even more <laughs> events and Rob's top 10 list as mm-hmm. well, which has to do with tomatoes. So yes. I'm eager to hear this one as I've got oh. two little tomato plants planted. So oh, good for you. All right. We are going to take a break back with more of Rob after this. Back at 446 on WHBY with Rob Zimmer Outdoors. 281-1150 is the number on the Settlers Bank phone lines. And to the phone lines, we go right away where Clyde is waiting this afternoon. Hi, Clyde. Yeah, thanks for, um, I'm listening very close. But I got uh, uh, three questions to ask Rob. Three? Yeah, I I have quite a few black walnuts growing in, um, well, I've got several acres. And... One was hit by lightning, oh, several years ago, or let's say, yeah, a couple years ago. Now, I can't get that sucker to start growing off the top. What can I do? Oh, gosh. Um, If it got hit by lightning, you might want to have a professional arborist come out and take a look at it. 
um, they might be able to trim it back to a point where maybe it would start growing from the top, or they can tell you if it's if it's gonna if you can save it, it at all. It, it's actually up high enough that where if it did timber out, I mean, oh, yeah. I'd have a lengthy piece of. Well, I told my kids don't ever cut them guys down because they're worth <laughs> money eventually. Yeah, the walnut wood. Yeah, but um, without being able to see it, like how high up was it? How, how high is the top? Like, are you talking like? 50 feet, 60 feet, or, or is it a small um, tree? Bear with me because I have a hard time hearing. Oh, okay. Um, okay. My fish keep manufacturing each other. Or not each other, but... And I've got so many. I had 15 of them, new ones last year. And my pond is getting too small. Now, I've heard that people do not care for them because they're interbreeding. I, well, when I start that uh, 14 years ago... I didn't know the fish would last that long. What kind of fish are they? Are they koi? They're they're koi oh. and goldfish. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you could contact someone who might be able to come and take some away for you. Uh, I know there's probably people out there who would do that. Um, well, I don't who, know. Who, I don't know who, where to. Who do you think I should contact? Um, I I just don't want to discard them. I right. haven't lost no more than three fish in the last fifteen years. Where Where are you located? And it's just a small pond, but there's certainly like it. Where are you? I'm sorry, I missed the last question. Where Where are you located? <laughs> so anyway, the other question oh. is... <laughs> no. no what? When is the best time to transplant lilacs? Okay. First, I'm going to go back to the fish, okay? <laughs> where Where are you located? I'm not uh, in Freedom. Oh, you're in Freedom. Um, why don't you try calling... Um, are you familiar with the Green Bay Botanical Garden? Have you heard of that place, Green well, Bay Botanical Garden? I, I don't know Garden? why I'm losing you, but I just can't oh. pick up what you're saying. I, I was just going to say, I, if you... I, I, I got to apologize for trying to call like this. Oh, no, that's okay. That's the only choice I have. Yeah, I would try try calling a few places to see if they would want your koi. I, I know Green Bay Botanical oh, Garden okay. has some in their koi pond, and some of the other places, too, might be able to take there, them. There was a uh, fellow who used to come up from Wild Rose and get them. Oh, maybe. Yeah, see if he's still interested. And can, and people cannot believe I had them fishing there for 12, 14 years. Yeah, they, they can get pretty big. They're carp, so they can get pretty big. Yeah, um, they live to be about 25 years old. Yep. You might be able to They're get someone. They're going to pass me up in about 50. <laughs> Yeah, you might be able to get someone to come and take them, even just for a hobby pond or something like that. So, um, uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't want to cut you off, or you don't want to cut me off, but no, <laughs> you can't hear. I just can't pick up your voice much no more. Oh, okay. Clyde, stay on the line, and we'll grab your phone number. And if any of our listeners might have an answer yes. for you, oh, I, I would appreciate that. Yeah, you stay on the line. And if they yes, can take your yes, fish, I will. yep. We'll grab your number, and we appreciate the call. Yep. And as far as the lilacs, uh, I would do that in the fall. Okay. Them, so, I, I had the lilacs planted, oh, about five, six years ago, and they're about two feet high. Yep. The, the best time to I, transplant those is going to be in the fall. So um, you can prune them back a little bit now, but I wouldn't transplant them until the fall. Wait till fall? Yep. Okay, yep, yep, yep. Okay, but we'll see if any of our listeners are looking for some koi, and maybe someone will give you a call and come out and help you out. Or or what you do is get a big great blue heron to move in. <laughs> They'll take care of them. <laughs> well, right. I'm not in a hurry to transplant them or do anything with them as far as that goes. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right, well, have a good weekend. Stay cool. Okay. All right, stay on the Thank line. 
Stay yep. on the line, yep. Clyde, yep. and we'll grab your number. Yep. All right. So while she's getting his number, I'm going to go over some more events that are happening uh, tomorrow. I think I got through all tomorrow. So it's coming on the 8th. I was just talking about Green Bay Botanical Garden. On the 8th, uh, Monday night, they're doing a family nature hike from 4.30 to 5.30. That'll be a fun uh, tour through the Green Bay Botanical Garden, looking at the koi pond, looking at other things there to uh, look at the nature of the Green Bay Botanical Garden. On the 10th, coming up on July 10th, a tea and tour at the Payne Art Center in Osh- and Gardens in Oshkosh. That's going to be cool. Also at the, at the Payne, uh, the largest art and craft fair in Oshkosh is coming, the Fair on the Green that's going to come in Oshkosh on the 14th at the Payne Art Center and Gardens. So if you're looking for garden art, all sorts of cool arts and crafts, um, over 100 vendors at Fair on the Green in Oshkosh at the Payne Art Center and Gardens on the 14th. Um, the 13th, i got to back up one day. On the 13th, a couple things happening. The Winnebago County Master Gardeners are doing a field trip uh, to the Madison area, and you're, the public is welcome to attend also. They're going to go to some of the public gardens in Madison and some of the other locations down there. That's through the Winnebago County Master Gardeners. They're taking a bus trip. If you're interested in going on that trip, contact the Winnebago County Master Gardeners. You can go on their Facebook page um, or um, give them a call to purchase a ticket. It's $50 per person, but you get to go to the Public Gardens in Madison and take a full day trip down there to explore that area. Also on the 13th, the Manitowoc Garden Walk is happening. Six gardens for 10 bucks, sponsored by the Manitowoc County Master Gardeners. I'm going to hopefully be talking to a few of those gardeners on the show tomorrow, so a little sneak peek there. So lots of stuff happening this weekend and next weekend. We've got All a right. few minutes left. Okay. Uh, would Did you, you like... get his phone number? I do have fish? his phone number. Okay. So and... if anyone's... Oops. So Clyde, our last caller, he had some some problems hearing us there, but he's looking for people who are interested in taking some of his beautiful, big, colorful koi off of his hand. Uh, So if you're interested in some of the koi, if you have a pond or something, uh, his number is? 735-0209, or just give us a call here. We'll pass it along. Yeah. So I guess i got to do my top 10 list because it's already 4.53. I don't have much time. Yes. (laughs) All right, so my top 10 list today uh, is by request. Top 10, my top 10 tips for better tomatoes. So if you're a tomato gardener, we finally got some heat. We finally got some warm weather. They're hopefully finally starting to grow if you didn't plant them too early. So I'm going to give you some tips for uh, taking care of those. Number 10, plant your tomatoes deeply when you first plant them. You know, most people kind of, they take them from the garden center and they stick them in the ground at exactly the same depth they were in those little uh, packs, little containers. Well, you should actually go down about four to six inches deep to build roots because if you plant it deep, all of those stems will turn into roots and hold that plant in place. So plant your, plant your tomatoes deep so they're nice and strong and healthy. Um, plant them timely, too. And I, you hear me say this all the time. Do not plant your tomatoes before June 1st. It's not good for them. The soil temperature has to be warm enough for them you know, to support their growth. Otherwise, if you plant them too early, they're just going to sit there, and they'll do nothing, and then they'll stunt, and then you'll get upset, and you'll call me and say, how come my tomatoes aren't growing? And I'll ask you when you planted them, and then I'll yell at you. All right. Keep the moisture level consistent. Overwatering creates problems. Underwatering creates problems. Going from too dry to too wet creates problems. So just keep it consistent, and that solves a lot of the problems right there. Water your tomatoes from the ground and not from above. So get a good soaker hose or use one of those watering ones to get down there to the crown of the plant and water that down there. Um, uh, also, when you're when you're uh, planting your tomatoes, mulch them right away. That helps keep that consistent level of moisture, like I was talking about before, and keeps fungal problems under control. Because a lot of those fungal problems and diseases you get come from spores that are in the ground. So the mulch will kind of keep that in control. Um, 
Uh, fertilize well and regularly after the fruit set to keep plants strong. Tomatoes are heavy feeders, and the more you fertilize them, uh, they're going to stay strong and keep themselves strong and keep themselves resistant to disease and other things. Use companion plants. Plant marigolds and chives and basil and borage. Those help discourage some of the insect pests and some of the fungal diseases. Um, one of my top ones, I don't even know where I am. What number am I on? I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> You're just spewing out information. <laughs> I'm just spewing out information because I have a lot of good ones. Uh, my top, my top two, uh, I'll, I'll do this one as number one or two and the next one will be number one. Hopefully that's enough. <laughs> Completely clean up all of your um, plant material in the fall. A lot of people just leave those rotten tomatoes in the ground, leave those plant parts in the ground. That's the worst thing you can do because those nightshades, all of that family, those diseases spread from all those little bitty pieces. So completely clean up that plant material. A lot of people will notice the next spring they have little tomatoes popping up everywhere because they left a couple plants in there and those seeds sprout. Um, that's the worst thing you can do. That's how the diseases spread. And my number one... Um, you need to treat for fungal diseases and issues early and regularly. So don't wait until you see a problem. Don't wait till you get mushy tomatoes and black leaves and moldy leaves. Um, start while they're healthy and start spraying them with fungicides and uh, whatever other products now and do it regularly. Follow the package directions. Most of them say, you know, start when the, the first leaves come out and spray them every 7 to 14 days. So that will keep all those fungal issues and diseases uh, at bay. And if you have an insect problem or pest problem, uh, do the same thing with a good insecticidal soap. Um, a couple other tips I have, um, prune them regularly. Don't let that foliage get too dense because that's where a lot of those diseases come from also. And include a variety of colors and shapes and sizes and flavors and uses of tomatoes. There's so many tomatoes out there besides just the slicing ones that people think of. There's paste tomatoes and stewing tomatoes and canning tomatoes and all the different colorful heirlooms. And just uh, for a great tomato garden, plant a good variety. And one more, <laughs> when you're selecting tomatoes, plant varieties that are resistant to all of those diseases. If you're continuing to plant um, the varieties that get those diseases, you know, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. And if you talk to a tomato expert like Lou at Foxglow Farms, uh, she'll tell you which ones are resistant to a lot of those diseases. Oh, I'm so excited. My garden has just exploded in the last yeah, couple of weeks. Yeah, with the heat. Tomatoes love the heat, so they're doing really good right now. I'm, I hope we get some calls in the next couple of weeks of people who are harvesting stuff. Me too, stuff already, and I hope so. we get some samples. All right. Well, Rob, it's right. been a fun show today. It lots has been. of Lots of stuff. Yes. And thanks to all of our callers lots as well. Lots of good music. Lots of good music <laughs> yep. just for you. But Rob is back tomorrow. Tomorrow, 10 o'clock. 10 yep. o'clock, right here on WHBY. So stay tuned, though. We've got a shortened version of Focus Fox Valley coming up on the way here. So this is Focus Fox Valley, right part of WHBY. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 